Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We're back for another week of the podcast exclusive right here on the Stochastic Podcast channels. Hey, guys, leave a rating, uh, a review, subscribe to the pod. Helps us greatly, and we're appreciative when you do so. Heading into week 17, 13-game main slate. Only two weeks to go in the regular season. Week 16 was crazy, though, because we had Thursday. Then we had a two-game Saturday. We had a main slate Sunday. We had a Christmas Day, Monday, three-game set where the Chiefs lose. All of all the dogs covered. Matter of fact, two of them won outright. But we have, in my opinion, one of the more intriguing slates all year. It's a 13-gamer. We talked about it as well on the First Look Strategy Show. Find that here on YouTube, whatever. But I'll tell you what, man, with 13 games, we've seen some 11, 12-game slates that are kind of underwhelming. We saw last week on a nine-game slate that had a ton of options that was loaded with value. This 13-gamer, this is the most my head has spun looking at a slate for the first time probably all season. Yeah, and again, volume is is part of that. There's no doubt about it, just in terms of sheer number of players. Uh, but it's just an interesting slate on a lot of different levels. So we're going to get into it. I do think my big takeaway with, with that is you really almost are just choosing, you know, not best available. That's not what I'm trying to say. But like you have so many pivots at every price point, at every price point. Doesn't matter where you are. That's yeah, at, at every position too. I mean, tight yep. ends a little bit softer, a little bit weaker. But for the most part, there's something... You look at wide receiver, running back. All right, loaded. But so is quarterback. And obviously, like, we're going to have to play for the situation. We're going to have to play the what-if game in some spots, yeah. right? Like Pittman, if he plays or doesn't. We know that Russell Wilson isn't going to start now. It's Jared Stidham. Uh, the biggest one to me, though, and I know that, that Kyle, Shanahan has had it, Kyle Shanahan has expressed optimism uh, regarding Brock Purdy's status for Sunday. But, I mean, if Brock Purdy sits – I'm we're not on an island saying that Sam Darnold is a play that we really, really like. I, I know it's Sam Darnold. 5,200, though, I'll, I could guarantee I'll make a guarantee right now that Sam Darnold is chalk if Brock Purdy is out. I don't think we're ever going to find out, but I, I would agree. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just the flexibility is nice because I do think it's going to allow you. There are times when we when we talk about this on these shorter slates and we're like, you know, I really want this combination, but to do that, there's only like a couple guys that you can get to as a pay down tight end or the the $3,600 wide receiver or the 5K quarterback on a slate like this. That's not the case. You can do so much. And with that, I think gives you gives you more flexibility. And I think honestly, to really tie it in to what we do on the show. I think the Sims are that much more valuable because there's just so many plays to decipher at every price point. 100%. But we said it earlier, the show we just did, like you have to remove the emotional attachment when you're running the Sims. Like on a, especially on a week like this, you have to remove that emotional attachment because you will not come up with a single lineup. 
even if you have 150 lineups, if you're emotionally, you know, invested in these pre-flop, pre-lock, you're not going to come up with a single lineup with that type of thinking where you don't go, well, I should tweak this or I should try to get him in here, right? Because there's no shortage of options. Like you, you can't play it that way. If you do, you get crushed. Just trying to jam this guy because he can't lose, he can't miss. Absolutely. Uh, it's all a delicate balancing act. That's why we like to review it. Uh, I know I, I actually texted you. I don't even remember what day because it's all a blur. When I ran the post contest sim, just poking around, you had a couple lineups that were crazy high. They didn't translate into much. You know, I looked at the actual ROI and it didn't seem like anything out of the ordinary, but you definitely had a couple this week that were really really highly uh projected and that that's always a tilting yet encouraging experience yeah it's both <laughs> right it's both yeah, i mean you're like great where's my, my money my spy lineup had an 83 percent simdar i just looking at the uh the post contest simulator over at stochastic and by the way guys if, if you're listening to this and be like ah simdar why this and that like what does it matter just bear with us, stick with us. I promise, I promise everything will come together. Hell, our CEO, Tom Kennedy, who uses the Sims tool diligently every single day, just chopped the showdown for, uh, for 23K. And then two days later, came second in the in the NBA, Millie, for, for 150K. Using, he uses, by the way, he uses straight default settings for the yep. NFL Sim. You mentioned that. And, yeah. And it's, one fascinating thing, you know, if you don't know who that is and, and you're like looking to pick up, uh, you know, on how some people are doing it and you have these tools, Tom JK321 is the name and you will find like in the spy, the tournament we're reviewing, the number one simmed ROI is his. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. 408.4%. That's in which one? In the spy. Uh, I'm on the, the 200 K spy on the okay. Sunday main slate. I went to the 400 K spy. Okay. And he is the third highest sim ROI on that one as well. Didn't translate like you said, but you, it's not always going to translate. It, there's so much variance in the NFL, just like an insane amount of variance in the NFL. You know, it's, it's nuts the way that works. Mine was. Let's see. I had 83% Simdar OI in this one. I did cash. Uh better than min cash, but it wasn't, it was uh, let's see, 150% actual ROI, 179 fantasy points. I had Flacco and Amari. So that was, I mean, out of the gate, that was helpful. Bijan and Chuba Hubbard, that kind of hurt. Bijan was fine, but if I had Brees Hall instead, looks a lot different. Uh Godwin. Garrett Wilson, David Njoku, Trey McBride, and Jets. Dude, looking at this lineup, I, I think I texted you around like five or six at night. And I and we you we always see how each other's doing on yep. the slate. And I told you, I was like, man, and obviously I know it doesn't work this way, but I was like, at halftime of the 1 p.m. games, I thought I had a legitimate shot of like banking multiple tournaments, right? Not because I was the only one with Amari, but he was sub 10% owned in this. Um, you know, it's funny. He was 3% lower owned than Joe Flacco in this. I just, it's crazy to me that you'd play Flacco without the Cooper attachment, but that's for another time. Anyway, just looking at the rest of this lineup, 
I mean, Njoku was fine. Bijan was fine. Wilson was, what, fine? He had like eight for 60. But it was really just Flacco and Cooper that combined for, for like 80, and then everyone else just kind of let me down. And that's – you get into these slates where that happens. Like, I, I'm looking at – I was in that tournament, uh, and my sim, sim lineup was nice. It was 47%. But it really just became step one. Do you have a brown stack? If the answer is yes, you have a chance. If the answer is no, you're pretty much drawing for a min cash if you run really hot. And that, that's really what it came down to on Sunday. Red zone. You said I had a oh, I did. I had the highest sim ROI in this entire contest. Yeah, not bad. Didn't translate. The spy nope. translated. This did not translate. Uh, this was a Ryan Tannehill lineup. Yeah, which certainly did not translate, but I, I see why, you know, again, this, this, these these tools are taking into account the owner, the cumulative ownership, the leverage, all those type of things where sometimes those crazy lineups, if you run hot, that's your path to actually winning. Um, and when you win, the ROI is so high, it makes up for all those negative 100% that you're going to get in single entry. It feels like it's the only path to, to win it is. at this point. It's tread water until you get super lucky at the right time. That is the actual path. How the hell did you min cash with a Trevor Lawrence lineup? In right. That lineup was, is that in that contest? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Ridley, <laughs> Ingram. You did have Amari though. So that was a real, that was a, a, uh, a jazz Raz created lineup. That, that was a little out there. Um, and truly again, this lineup, it, it really didn't matter because it was just, I had Amari. Yeah, you had Amari. That, like, he just carried. Because carried Amari Cooper was as low-owned as he was, essentially sub-10% everywhere, if you just had him, you didn't even have him stacked with Flacco and somehow nope. escaped this one with a cash. I mean, his, just, again, these tools are so sick that you can do it like this. You can go to player ROI. Amari Cooper's player ROI was 485% in this tournament what was the next closest uh, let me let me pull my filter off me i mean it's got to be like i would assume flacco maybe let's say or or a random person that just won it was flacco yeah um logan thomas number one nice uh which makes no sense all it means is that someone binked with logan thomas not that he was an actual good let's player. see what the winning lineup was Probably has Logan Thomas in it, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's see here. So the winning lineup in the red zone was two was 229 points. Fonz 87. That's so weird, man. My old my old uh aim name was Fonz 87. What? That's so weird. Is that I true? Swear. I swear, man. I swear. Because I'm born in 87. Yeah, the long story about the Fonz thing, but that's so strange. Mine was Jazzaraz, so there you go. Um, yeah, I had Laffy for a while, but... Uh, what? It's so, it's so strange. I wish that was me. Yeah, I was going to say, so is this... Are you are you admitting on the pod that you are now... You have multiple, yeah, multiple yeah. accounts? Is that what we're getting at here? Anyone that knew me as in my childhood or like played hockey that I played hockey with is going to think I won the red zone this yeah, week. Yeah, you're going to get congrats texts just like, man, I saw you up there this week. Winning lineup. Wow, didn't have Amari or Flacco. No, that's just 
that's wildly false. That's just <laughs> yeah. highly, you know, I don't even have the lineup up and I know that that's not true. <laughs> Flacco, Bijan, Brees Hall, Cooper, Ridley, Jamison Williams, and Joku, Mike Evans. Yeah. I mean, that's just a killer lineup. Do you yeah. like it? This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Not particularly. I, do I like it? Yeah, I, th I think it makes sense for what you're trying to accomplish. You've got a, a Browns. Let me let me pull this up because I'm doing this from memory here. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just also nailed the one like Ridley and Evans. I do like it, actually, because that twists nicely. Um, Brees Hall, Bijan, uh, Jamison Williams, I, I was never getting to. But whatever. That's a punt play. Bears defense, same kind of thing. So it's not. It's not going to grade out highly in the traditional sense. I understand the concept of the lineup. I would have tweaked a few things, uh, and those things would have made up the lineup significantly worse in, in the results that we got. Uh, <laughs> but I think it would have been a better overall lineup in, in life. I'm not going to bore everybody by going through every contest, but I did go back to the spy because my initial thinking was like, if you wanted to win anything, you needed Flacco, Amari, and Brees Hall, right? Yes. And then the pieces could kind of fall in place aside from that. The spy winner had that. It had Ridley. It had Amon Ross St. Brown. He had a big game. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, David Njoku. But this was one of those weeks where you needed Flacco, you needed Amari, and you needed Brees Hall. So let me transition this into week 17. This is what I want to know. What do you really take away from this? Because you have these – now, granted, we were both pretty high on the, the Brown stacks this week, uh, last week. But what does that really mean? Nothing in the long run, right? Because – neither you or myself could have ever predicted that type of Flacco game or that type of Cooper game. It was like, Hey, it's a good spot. This could win. And there's going to be weeks where nobody has 50, no, no running yeah. back is 45. And you know, you win with a bunch of thirties and then some 15s and twenties in there as well. Is there something you take away from, from what we see on a week where essentially every single winning lineup had the same three man core? So what I take away from it isn't predictive, but it's more just a fact of salary and lineup allocation, there's a huge difference between when two parts, one, when popular or semi-popular guys explode like that, it becomes 100% stone dead. You need them. That's, that's the thing I think people miss. Like if Amari Cooper was 2% owned, yes, he, he would probably be on like the Millie winners and stuff, but you could come in third in a high stakes tournament. You could win a high stakes tournament without We've him. seen that a lot. Yeah. It because happens all the time. A lot of people are building bad lineups around the Mari. They're cashing, but they're not winning. Yeah. Brees Hall was over 20% owned. Amari was not unpopular either. And that became the killer. The other part of it, it is different when those guys get there versus if Tyreek Hill and McCaffrey both went for 40, it would obviously make it where you wanted them and probably needed them. But the lineup would look so different because of the price points. But when you get guys, that are like 10 Xing their salary. It's so different because the pivots are the high raw points guys. Most likely, you know what I mean? Like if you paid for Brees Hall and Amari, 
you're not like, oh, now I need to hit the right punt. You're like, who should I choose, St. Brown or Jefferson? Yeah, and we saw St. Brown in the winning lineup. You're right. It's it's no longer about, you know, do I choose between DeMario Douglas or Marvin Mims anymore? Exactly, and that's where it becomes. So, again, I'm not bringing any news that if you can get a, a 5K guy that gets 40, you're going to be in business. But that is the that is the key ingredients to having a slate ending performance. Low, not low owned and not expensive. That's like way different than when McCaffrey has thirty six and you want him. But there are ways, there are ways to get around that. And I will say, a J, what was it? JMB Cub, almost fifty percent similar lies. So like this would, in our tools at least, have been a good lineup. Yeah. And it was, I'll read it one more time. Flacco, Brees Hall, Roshan Johnson, right? Who, funny enough, Khalil Herbert ended up being the guy again with Dante Foreman out. Yeah, that was weird. I'm on Ross St. Brown, Amari Cooper, Dontavian Wicks, David Njoku, Calvin Ridley, Jets defense. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got Hall with Jets D, Cooper and Joku with Flacco. St. Brown is your real payup. And Dontavian Wicks was the punt. Roshan Johnson didn't even matter. He just allowed you to build that lineup because of his salary. Yeah. And that, again, that's kind of what you see. Now, looking at a 13-game slate, you're going to have not as many condensed ownership spots. Injuries may open it up. You mentioned Sam Darnold already. Like, there could be some chalk paydown options if we get injury news in a certain direction. But all in all, with Lamar and Allen and Hertz and McCaffrey and, and t- like there are you, you can't spend everywhere and I do think it's going to create very fascinating game theory situations last thing I'll say on this lineup if you're ever thinking hey I need to build the most insane lineup build to win nope. not here um Never like that when do we ever see that honestly yeah I on rare occasions I think we've done this this is the 17th time you and I've done this show this year right I think maybe once or twice we've gone, wow, that was that was weird. And then it was probably in the Millie. Yeah, the, the Millie, you can't... The Millie is not a representation of much of anything, honestly. It's like, not. You, you need to hit everything perfectly. Yeah, it's not. And all I'm saying is you, you don't need to go crazy. That was a super, super... Um, sensible build there and it was five thousand five or fifty thousand like it's a main site nine games fully maxed out the cap it didn't matter it's not a showdown where you're trying not to get duped 85 times mm-hmm. yeah it's totally it's totally different and that's where again these tools will cater to your specific contest like you, you want to make sure you ha- you're doing the right parameters that's a good li- i really like that lineup the, the, there's some lineups where i go i never could have gotten there there's other lineups where i go Wow, I had the core, you know. Well, I had the I had the stack, but I didn't have the I didn't have the pieces around it. That right there, Ben, is one of them for me. That's a great looking lineup. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. You want to move on to week 17? This yeah, is oh, this. oh r- real fast, real fast. Uh just giving you guys the the winning Millie lineup. I figure some people are, are interested in this, right? Um, what was the winning Millie? It was 249 249 fantasy points that's a lot of points that's crazy flacco gibbs hall cooper lockett 
See, this is okay. So, okay, here you go. Njoku, Mike Evans, Bucks. Ready for this? KJ Osborne. That's what I'm talking about. That's crazy. Like, there was no way. Never getting to him ever. I never could have gotten the KJ. It's like Shark. I saw Shark on some some winning line. And again, just because it's crazy doesn't mean it's a bad play. It's just you're not going to see. That's hitting a one percenter, like eight Xing. You just don't see that that often because it's incredibly difficult. If a guy's one percent, he probably isn't likely to get there. If he was, people would play him. You know, the field's smart. Second place had DJ Shark as well. That's what I'm saying. Those are, those are tournament. You know, I'm gonna YOLO. Like you saw that on the three gamer. Not that we're gonna talk about that. If you asked a million people, do you think the Raiders' defense are gonna score twice? Obviously not, but you play them for salary relief. You play them knowing they'll be probably the lowest owned defense and you can get crazy, you know, weird things happen. So uh, on a main slate and on a 13 game slate, you're going to be able to get like a chief stack at 3% maybe. So yeah, I can't wait to get your thoughts on the chiefs. Let's do it before we do. uh, I know that something you've been very excited about lately is everything we've got going on at odd shopper. We had that one guy that tweeted us, and he's in the Discord, that's been absolutely dominating, came over from a competing site, uh, and just like hand over fit. Now, look, I I don't pretend that this is going to happen every single day, but I think he'd been there a couple weeks with us using the plus EV tools um, and just getting as many bets in as he could, absolutely dominating. At the price point, how could you ask for more, man? It's too – I pushed back because I said it was too cheap. It's, but now it's basically free with BetMGM. So, yeah, you have so many options, and it's not even just the options. You're getting uh, – this is my favorite part. Maybe other people don't care. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just want tools, and they want to be left alone, and they want tools that work, plus EV tools, and they want to make money. And I res- totally respect that. I think that's the best way. Just be a robot, do what you need to do, and don't worry about it. For many of us, though, they, people love sports. They also want to talk through the games. They want some information. They want to learn a little bit. We have a Discord with hundreds and now thousands of members that are talking about these tools, talking about the games, talking about parlays, talking about you know bankroll management, all that type of stuff, and just sweating the games. And it's all under the same roof now. It's the same package. Also, people, you know, our YouTube channel is growing obviously very quickly. You get access to us. Hey, who do you like for this game? It wasn't on your video. What do you think about this parlay I just made? You know, just people want access and it's an awesome give and take for our, I love talking to people every day in discord, bouncing ideas off each other. And you just mentioned it. I mean, I think you should just go to odd shopper and subscribe, but if you're saying, you know what, I don't really want to do that. Well, how's this go to BetMGM. The link is there for you. Sign up. you get two months of what we're talking about for free. Two months of it. Take you to like March Madness. 10 and bet 10. Yeah. 10 bucks. And not to mention BetMGM, obviously, it's not a bad idea to have some money there just because it's a good outlet for betting. Uh, Does it have to be your number one site? No. Uh, Can it be one in the rotation? I think that's pretty reasonable. So if you want to do it that way, we have the deal with them for two free months. Uh, I don't, it doesn't really get better than that. Plus EV picks, premium discord, and the expert picks page, all three of them under the same umbrella, two free months. Use the link in the description of the podcast. You Put 10 bucks down. It takes a minute to sign up. Bet 10 bucks and you're in everything for two months in its entirety. And if you hate it at the end of the two months, you can bounce. 
my my bet is you'll be you'll be pretty satisfied with it. So yeah, check it out. What are you doing with Mahomes? I, I've got it. We got to start here because if we're talking like single entry, three max strategy and stuff like that. On one hand, the question is, hey, if I'm playing the spy, right, or I'm playing like the wildcat, or not the wildcat, the uh, power sweep, you know, like not high stakes, but definite mid stakes where you know, to a lot of people, $100 single entry is a decent amount, 50 bucks a single entry. You want to be putting the lineup in that you feel good about, right? Hell, I, look, I played Flacco in the spy, and, and I think people might have an aversion to that, but it is the way it is. Uh what do you what do you say? Like, does does that make more sense in larger field multi-entry stuff? Or would you I don't want to use the term burn a lineup on like a full out Mahomes stack, but would you go into some of those like mid stakes with Mahomes stacks if they're low enough owned? Because right now there's a lot of I use the word aversion, but I think there's a lot of aversion to playing chief stacks after what we've seen over the past month. And you should be you should be concerned uh, because it's very concerning. I actually think I I know what you're saying, and I, obviously the context is really important. I think you have to go in with the mentality that I am going to burn the lineup because that's might might be what happens, uh, and that's why to me, in a finite entry pool, it's more enticing because everybody. If I told you, hey, you have 50 lineups, all right, would you be willing to throw a couple Mahomes in there? I think most people even now would say, yeah, definitely, no problem, like whatever, I, I'll do it. If I said to you, hey, you only get to build one lineup this week, you want to make it a chief stack? You would say, no, definitely not. Uh, and I agree with that. I wouldn't want to do it either. But if nobody does it in single entry, now we're getting serious. Because if you tell me that the Chiefs can't do it, I would disagree. If you tell me you don't think they're going to do it, they're not the same team, I think I tend to agree. But if you tell me that there's no possible way that the Chiefs at home can tap into what we've seen in years past, I would disagree. Okay. And you'd be willing to, and yeah, like I said, I don't want to use the phrase burn, but I use that only because that's how a lot of people feel when they're putting a lineup like that into a like that. single entry. What's that? I think you should, if you feel like that, you have to kind of realize that that's why they're low. That's why you're getting to, it's the, it's like the old poker saying, you've seen this out there. Like, to live, you have to be willing to die in these tournaments. Like you have to be able to say, I'm going to put in a lineup that might get flattened because if I get it right, I'm going to get that payoff because no one else is willing to do it. And that's why I love doing this pod because we care less about the individual plays on something like this. Hell, we talk about that on the first look show. Check that yeah. out, guys. We cover everything, every position, you know, laying the foundation. But with something like this, then what is the real differentiator for? what would literally be burning a lineup and a, a lineup that you think, Hey, good chance it's burned. But if it's not, it could skyrocket me to the top, right? Like you, you have to kind of differentiate there with, with some thinking, you know, maybe, maybe a, a, um, who, who's, who the Stidham, maybe like a Stidham stack. You, you could make the argument that, like you're going to burn both of them a lot of the time, but there is still a big difference between, throwing something in there that's just totally suboptimal, which is why we have the, the post-contest simulator and the pre-contest simulator. Link to all those in the description too, guys, if you want to try it for a week or a month. You've got football on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday again this week. How do you differentiate between that? Because that's yeah. a huge factor. 
it's it's a huge factor. It's one of the more difficult things because I do think it's a gray area. Um, the way I, I try to look at it is... That With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That there's really a difference between, you can always say like, well, the guy could, and then just like insert great stats. That's what I'm saying. That's not really a way to really go about things. What I think you're looking at is the situation. Again, I think you have to step back and, and really ask yourself, you know, chance of success, opportunity cost, things like that. Patrick Mahomes, and, and I, I want to be clear. I don't want you to come away from this pod being like, oh, they're all in on the Chiefs. I think they're just a great example of this concept rather than the answer. Um, you have Mahomes and Kelsey and Rice. We'll see what's up with Pacheco. You have options. And there's no doubt in my mind that the Chiefs can still tap into scoring 40 points in a given week. I would not say the same about some of these bottom feeder stacks where, yes, they're going to be 1% owned and it allows you to pay up and get all these other options. Realistically, I see no way that they can get you there. That's not always the case, though. In tougher matchups on a 13-game slate, you're going to have good players that are 4% owned, that are 6% owned, that are 2% owned. And some of them still can tap into their ceiling. It's their floor that is impacted. I think Kansas City is an example of that. Don't worry about their ceiling. I think their floor is not what it was. So purely a range of outcomes game for you. 100%. And if you say, okay, Mahomes used to be, I'm just throwing out you know arbitrary numbers, but used to be 10% to get 30 points. And now he's, 7% to get 30 points, but he used to be 65% to get 20. And now he's only 30% to get 20. I like that. Okay. Because his ceiling is not really that much different. It's that when it goes poorly, you're in big trouble. Uh, but for tournaments, who really cares if he has 190 yards passing and three touchdowns or 260 yards passing and one touchdown? You're, you're not getting there. It doesn't really matter. And in the process of all of that changing, where the ceiling, you know, the likelihood of him hitting his ceiling isn't that far off, while the, the floor now, you know, higher likelihood, the difference is now that the ownership comes down a ton on guys like that, too. X, that, that is the caveat. That's 100% an if part of this. Like, if you told me, oh, who do you want, Josh Allen or Mahomes? They're both 15% owned. Uh, I'm going to take Josh Allen. You enjoy hero calling Mahomes because although I think he can do it, I don't think he's as likely as the other. There's no leverage there at all. If no. they're, if he's the same ownership as Josh Allen and, 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 and Jalen hurts this week, you're just choosing best available. And I, and I would assume our projections are not going to project him raw points better than those guys. But do they, does he beat them one out of five, one out of 10, one out of a hundred? Two out of, you know, where's that line? And at some point you're going to say, man, he's, you know, 65, 35, the wrong way, but he's one sixtieth of the ownership. Hmm. That seems like potentially rolling the dice. I hear you. Yeah. Again, this is not like a podcast that is specifically <laughs> for, for, Patrick I hate Blunt. the chiefs. Like I'm not a chiefs fan. Yeah. 
but they're a great example of this. they're the best they're the best example this week um that was one other thing i wanted to ask you but before we go because i think there's going to be some 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 spots that are going to be very i know it's a 13 game uh slate i do however think though no matter how you cut it that the 49ers are going to be really popular right I think you're going to see the 49ers as a very popular team. Uh, I think you'll see the Eagles pretty popular, despite, you know, the struggles and the dysfunctionality there in Philadelphia. I do think they're going to be a few spots that are very popular. Are there any ways early on that you look to get different on a slate like this while still getting exposure to some of those popular spots? I think the simplest way to, to attack that without having the full picture just yet is think about what's the least likely things to happen in terms of lineup construction when you select one of those top-tier players. So the examples that come to my mind, if George Kittle has a huge game, Trey McBride is much less likely to be attached to that because most people are choosing or, not end. So if, if you go to Kittle, maybe McBride still has a huge game and now you have both of them as a flex. If you go to Christian McCaffrey, Obviously, Kyron Williams is not going to be your second running back on most lineups. Can you make that work this week? Well, it'd be a hell of a build. Not saying it's possible. I mean, you, you know, you can do it, but if value opens up, maybe they both like there are ways to get the cumulative ownership very leveraged on popular plays. And I think the Niners in particular are the best example of that, because when you play their superstars, you're much less likely to play the pivots next to the superstars. I love that. Still get the guys you want. Still get the good plays. Just find a way to do it where most people aren't. And how many people this week are going to say, man, I love Kittle. I love Trey McBride, too. I want to make sure I get one of them in all my lineups. But they have no lineups where they have both of them. Two of their favorite players, and they split their lineups. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to use Kittle here. I'll use McBride here. Make sure I have a, my favorite tight end on, on basically every team. What if they both have huge games? Then what? Right. And our Sims tool loves the two tight end bills builds week over week, especially when there's not a lot of value elsewhere. Uh, we've seen that as something that has been pretty successful a lot of times this season, but again, that that's the problem. And it took me a lot of time to wrap my head around this, right? I know, you know, with the Sims tool, you were, you know, you've been leaning on it heavily, but this process is certainly um, th this, this process is definitely different than something that you had been familiar with, you know, going into this, right. Um, a lot of weeks, the two tight end build isn't going to work. It doesn't mean that it's not the right build. It doesn't mean it's going to be the build every week, but it's so there's so much variance in the NFL. There's so much randomness. That, like if you're taking a one or even hell at times, you even a full season sample to say like what's right and what's wrong. You, you, the best example would be the QB plus three, where most weeks it doesn't work and the Sims are going to feed you a lot of that. But when it does work, it wins you a million like CJ Stroud earlier this season. Um, one one of our users a million right one someone else to play action for 100k one somebody else the the spy for 100k all in the same week and the three the qb plus three build more times than not isn't going to work but there's and this is goes back originally to what you said right at the beginning of the podcast it's so under deployed it's so under such an underutilized structure that when it does work you're just wiping out almost the entire field Absolutely. Again, these things, uh, it's a, a parlay mentality. It's a, it, you know, you're not going to get some of these things right a high amount of the time in terms of percentage. But when you do, I mean, would anyone 
last thing I'll say. Would anyone really care if I told you, hey, you have to play the lotto every week, but you're, you're going to win it once, but you got to play it every week for five years. You would say, mm-hmm. sign me up. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And you'd lose probably years in a row. And then you would hit the lotto. You'd win mega millions and everything would be taken care of. It's that type of mentality to a much lesser extreme. Absolutely. And, and in this instance, a large part of the field has no clue what they're doing. Whereas with the lottery, it's all just a, it's all just luck of the draw. Unless you pick those real good numbers. <laughs> I bet you do have certain numbers that you play all the time. Yeah. I'll tell you this. If you play a lot, the only thing we're not going on lotto tips, just don't play like the, the current day for birthday purposes. That's the only tip. Why? Because a lot of people do that, obviously. Oh, the current day you're saying no. like it's someone's oh, birthday. It's, it's so-and-so like I gotta play 12 because it's I knew you'd have some bizarre. Yeah, don't, don't do that. You want you want numbers that are I mean, you should just let them pick it, but you don't you don't want to play you a powerball guy, you get in, you dabble. Not really. You're a scratch off uh, guy. Oh yeah, I love scratches. I, I'll play the Powerball. When I think of it, I'm glad I don't think of it that often because that would just be another stupid habit of mine. I have enough bad habits, but I'm due. <laughs> I am due to hit the lotto. I've never hit it. So, me neither. I think the most yeah. I've ever won was like 500 on a scratch off. I'm, I have terrible scratch. The crazy thing about the, the lotto, it's like you are not even in the like when I when I hit it big for the lotto, I think I have one number and the and the powerball number i'm like seven numbers away like you're never every time dude every all right let's let's get out of here so bad you could talk lottery forever appreciate you guys hanging uh we'd love to have you join the discord the community the plus ev tools that are just the best you're gonna find easiest way to do it bet mgm link in the description guys you literally sign up you bet ten dollars ten bucks you got it for two months Come say hello if you do. We'd love to have you part of the team, part of the community, the family. And uh, if you want to check out the Sims tool, pre-contest simulator, contest generator, post-contest Sims after your contests are over for literally every slate that these sites have, we got you covered there as well. But uh, any questions, any comments, you want to say hello, hit us up on Twitter. My DMs are always open. Ben's at JazzRazDFS. I'm at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And we'll see you back here next time. Week 18, dude. Week 18. Can't believe it. I guess the last one next week. Wow. Well, it's been fun. We'll see you guys back here. Let's win some money this week. Peace.